Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus. Time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? Well, I'm going to go with a full position group this week. Um, I talked about running backs a couple weeks ago. Let's talk wide receivers uh, this week (laughs) from week 11. Brutal, man. There was a little cluster of wide receivers that are normally wide receiver ones that decided to be wide receiver twos, threes, fours, and even fives uh, this past week. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 16, which isn't horrible, but for him, not great. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver 21. Then we drop down. CeeDee Lamb put up a wide receiver 46 performance. Not what you expect from him. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 48. And finally, Mr. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver 56 on the week. All of that was in half PPR points. Ugly, ugly, ugly for uh, managers who count on those guys every week. Got a big fat. I'm trying to think of what colon you're stocking with the, <laughs> with, the, with the, I don't know, for Thanksgiving, but whatever. They got a whatever. Yeah, I, I had a league with I have a league with Justin Jefferson and Amari Cooper, and I I lost that league despite having a really nice game from Amari Cooper. Yeah. I thought I was set. I thought I was set. Stupid Vikings. I no, know. I'm I'm with you now. Let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It's the holiday week. Uh, I've got family in town, been able to take a slight break in order to spend some time with family and like take a short rest, especially before Thursday and the weekend. So no, it's been it's been a good week so far and the more fun to come like on Thursday and like in the weekend, too. So doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, Jen, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. I just... Uh... Yeah, just like you, looking forward to Thanksgiving. I just had a, a little Friendsgiving outing last uh, Saturday night. Super fun. My friends have it every year. The 21st anniversary or 21st. Oh, that's cool. Street. I know. It's super fun. Adults yeah. only. Uh, good time. Lots of good food. Wait, 21 years of doing yeah. that? That's I'm old, awesome. Chris. Yeah. No, but no, it's no, great. no. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying that's really cool that yeah, a they group of friends gets together. It, yeah, no, they started it, I think, in college, like people that didn't go home or whatever. So yeah. I haven't been there every single year, but I've been there for most of them. Um, it's super duper fun. So we that's did dope. that. Like and it. then um, I always do that every year. And then Thanksgiving itself is just it's super chill, like pajamas, food, football. You yes. know, can't really beat that. Love it. Brandon, how are you? I'm sure you're looking forward to your tofurkey this uh this Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I I don't know what we're gonna do, but I'm excited about. I might come to your house. That sounds really nice. Pajamas and football sounds like an absolutely fantastic uh, day to me. Uh, but uh, as a reminder, this is our weekly streaming episode where we'll be emphasizing hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, kicker, and team defense. Uh, let's check out how we did last week. Our sleeper streamer of the week, quarterback 12 for Ryan Tannehill. Pretty good. That'll work. That's QB1 numbers. Uh, Taylor Henneke, unfortunately, quarterback 24, but Marcus Mariota was quarterback 14. So pretty good week, Chris. Uh, if you listened to Chris and started Ryan Tannehill, you were in pretty good shape. Uh, tight end streamers, Foster Moreau, Tyler Conklin, Trey McBride, all kind of rough weeks, but uh, I, I like the process, and Foster Moreau should be another one this week I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, kickers, uh, you were... Pretty Sterling, Robbie Gold, kicker 14. Brendan McManus tied for kicker six. Greg Joseph down at kicker 24. Disappointing with the rest of that Minnesota um, offense for sure. Uh, defense did pretty good. The Jets were eighth. Commanders were first. Uh, and then uh, my deep options didn't do so well. Bengals and Bears tied for 22nd, tied for 17th. But Jets and Commanders both came in good. So that's good and solid. There are no buys this week. So uh, streaming needs probably not 
quite as dire as usual. But uh, for those streaming quarterbacks week to week, who is our top quarterback streamer, our sleeper streamer of the week this week, Chris? We're going back to the well. I mean, Ryan Tannehill getting his, what, the playoff revenge game uh, against Cincinnati this week uh, at home uh, against the Bengals. And while I do think that there is always some concern about Derrick Henry just essentially being Derrick Henry, right? We're always waiting for that massive blow up spot from the King himself. But going up against Cincinnati's defense is actually not as bad as one would think it would be so far over the past few weeks as Cincinnati has dealt with what injuries to uh, Chidobi Wuzier. Uh, they've been rotating some of the guys in and out of the lineup along their defensive front. I mean, they've been having some issues. So teams have been averaging about 29 to 30 yards per drive. Uh, they've also given up at least one passing touchdown in every single week so far. So and even mobile court quarterbacks, I mean, while Ryan Tannehill is coming off of uh, the ankle injury that had him sidelined for a couple of weeks, I mean, mobile quarterbacks have been averaging about 25 yards uh, per game, too. So at least gives Tannehill a decent floor. We've seen now with Traylon Burks becoming more and more part of that offense. We just saw him in primetime last week having such a big game. Uh, I mean, while Derrick Henry might pop up and throw a touchdown, as we saw last week, too, I'd still think that Ryan Tannehill probably provides the mo the best floor and ceiling uh, combination of any of the streamers this week. So I'd say he's my top play since he's at home. Good matchup. Also has a, a solid team total. Ryan Tannehill for sure. Excellent. Excellent. And good to see Traylon Burks back in there. Uh, don't forget Sleepers, the fastest growing fantasy platform with excellent custom settings for all fantasy commissioners. I'm talking Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, you name it. It's easily accessible, wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. Before we get to the other quarterbacks that you've got, Jen, I feel like I just cut you off. Did you have something to add about Ryan Tannehill? Well, I was going to talk about the photo that is now gone. Um, there it is. <laughs> We can't, you know, you've got to acknowledge <laughs> the photo time. every week. And there it is. I mean, credit to Sal. I mean, every um, time, yeah. man. Must love dogs. There's Tanny's little face and the dog. Um, Sa Sal's Tannehill photo game is uh, is on point. Absolutely on point. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've, uh, once again, definition of a streamer player with less than 40% roster ship on Yahoo. So if there's a big name out there that we're not talking about, chances are they are rostered in too many leagues to be considered for this show. Chris, uh, I know Ryan Tannehill, the best option, sleeper streamer of the week, but I know you've got a couple other quarterbacks for us. Who you brought? Uh, yeah, so i got a few. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Marcus Mariota, if you want to go deep, deep, uh, Kenny Pickett as well. But we'll start with Taylor Heineke because I know folks will probably look back at this past Sunday, see that Heineke put up a dud, what was it, seven, eight, nine points, like somewhere in there, and just assume that this matchup or even this week, he's not worth considering. But, I mean, if you look at that game, I mean, up against the Texans, I mean, Davis Mills threw a pick six within like the first within like the first five minutes of the game. There was really no pushback from the Houston Texans. I mean, Damian Pierce was bottled up to what was it like less than 20 yards, less than 50 yards, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, he struggled. Yeah. So there was really no there was no reason for the commanders to push in on offense. So if we can at least assume in this matchup, they're going up against the Falcons. I mean, Falcons so far have been one of the top offenses in terms of like rushing success rate, whether it's been Marcus Merida himself, Cordero Patterson, having yet another kickoff return like just this past week. So, I mean, they have at least some level of explosivity on offense. Drake London now becoming a larger part of the offense with Kyle Pitts sidelined for at least the next four weeks. We'll see if he shut down for us the, the season. But either way, we can assume that Atlanta is going to push back. We can assume that Atlanta is going to be capable of putting up the yards required in order for Taylor Heineke and the commanders to actually generate some, some a little bit more on offense than they did just this past week. And on top of that, 
Falcons defense. It's been one of the defenses we've wanted to target from a streaming perspective the entire season. Didn't matter if AJ Terrell was in the lineup or if he wasn't. I mean, last week, I mean, they still allowed, I mean, 32 and a half like yards per drive just this past week. And that was with Terrell back in the lineup. So if we are thinking that guys like Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and insert Antonio Gibson as a pass catcher as well, should be possible, like decent options, like against the Falcons this weekend, all that value intersects at Taylor Heineke. So I would think that as a deeper option, because Taylor Heineke's floor is a little bit lower because it doesn't carry the same rushing upside as someone like Ryan Tannehill would in a typical matchup. I would say Heineke, also a decent spot start like for week 12. Excellent, excellent. I was wondering, uh, Jen, that Houston team is looking awful, but Damian Pierce has been pretty steady uh, throughout most of the season with the season wearing down and like rumors of Davis Mills getting benched and this offense seeming really bad. Should we be worried about Damian Pierce? Are you worried about him as the RB2 that he's been this season? You know, it's interesting because coming into the season, I was off of him because I was yeah, worried. About, I was worried about the offense and I was worried about him being negative game scripted every single week because they're going to be behind every single week because they're not good. Um, and he's proved us wrong a bit last week. You know what happened happened, right? You play, you know, you meet meet up against a tougher defense and they they stopped him. And so, I mean, I think he's fine for what he is. I don't think that we should expect, like you said, RB2 numbers, I think are fine. I don't think he's, you know, going to have those big RB1 weeks and, um, you know, their schedule, I'm not exactly sure what their schedule looks like, but, um, you know, I think that he's, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to get rid of him per se. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's not, I guess I was going to say, there's not a ton of other options out there sure. um, in that, in that section. I mean, you're either going to get waiver wire guys, which you're not going to get that kind of production. So I think if you have him, I think you, you know, you lower expectations a bit, but I think he'll be fine. Mix that's mix that's I'm sure uh, the Houston offense, it, it looks awful. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit when I do my defenses. Uh, Chris, uh, Kenny Pickett, who uh, the coach had some glowing words about this week saying he's getting better in every aspect of the game. Uh, tell me what you like about Kenny Pickett this week. I think it's I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with Mike Tomlin or but I will at least because I don't want, you know, Steelers Nation coming after me or anything like that. But I would say at least for fantasy purposes, Pickett's still gunning it down the field. It's not like even though that there was a little bit less passing volume just this past week against the Bengals, he had a, a negative eight percent like pass rate over expectation, which is one of the lowest that he's had since becoming the starter for Pittsburgh. But he was still, I mean, again, 10 air yards per attempt. Uh, he was still willing to sling it down the field, whether it was, I mean, to, I mean, George Pickett. I mean, uh, Deontay Johnson was getting a few targets here and there. Pat Firemuth. I mean, there are a number of pass catchers like on the Pittsburgh squad that were still wanting to roster week in and week out. So again, it's almost the same thing like Ryan Tannehill. It's like if we're interested in Traylon Burks, or take that back, if it's more like the, the commanders, right? Because we're still interested in rostering Terry McLaurin, still interested in rostering Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, because of receiving ability, all that intersects at Taylor Heineke. Same basic deal with Kenny Pickett, right? Because we still think Najee Harris, now with Jalen Warren, somewhat sidelined with an injury. We still like Pat Firemuth. We still like uh, uh, George Pickett and so on and so forth. So again, all of that intersects with Kenny Pickett. And with his aggressive tendencies, I mean, the Colts as of right now, I mean, 17.2 adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. That's 21st, according to our metric here, at 444. I mean, all of that kind of at least leads me to believe that Kenny Pickett should at least have a decent game against uh, against the Colts. And it's even though it's oh, an away game, at least it's in a dome. Don't have to worry about being cold in Pittsburgh or anything like that. So I think, again, Kenny Pickett, decent, deeper option for week 12. 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for that kid, and I don't know why. I know you're a Bengals fan, so that that's I no offense in that regard, but uh, no, I don't know. I mean, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, that, the Steelers are more likable than they've been in recent years. <laughs> it's always good to see like more younger quarterbacks getting their shot and seeing them develop in the league. And as long as they wind up, I think good football is better than bad football. Like, while it's a simplistic thing to say, and like good having seeing younger quarterbacks develop into good quarterbacks and quarterbacks that we enjoy watching, I think it's always a good thing for watching like just the total overall quality of watching football. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. Okay, uh, let's Jen. Let's get to your tight ends this week. It looks like uh, I, I I think you brought an extra one for us. I'm excited. I did. I brought a if this then that uh, as my fourth option. Um, but I will start. I will start by saying. I mean, it goes without saying that it's a bad week to stream tight ends. I mean, it's always a bad yep. week to stream tight ends. <laughs> it's very very ugly. Um, I did bring some names, but um. It's just ugly out there. And I, I and even in personally, I'm in a league that I've been hanging on to Kyle Pitts because it's so ugly that you have to. And now I just went to the waiver wire before the show to do my, and I mean, there's literally no bodies for me and I have to get somebody to put in there. Um, it's gross. It's extremely gross, but we'll start <laughs> with, uh, we'll start with Foster Moreau, who you mentioned earlier on uh, in the podcast. I mean, listen, Foster Moreau, he's playing in Seattle. He is 40% rostered, by the way, so he is right at the cutoff uh, for streaming eligibility. Uh, he's coming off a brutal you know, outing. He scored 3.8 half PPR points last week. Uh, he does get a shot to rebound. He's in a fantastic spot to do so. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are dead last in tight end adjusted fantasy points allowed. They are allowing 17.4 uh, fantasy points or half PPR points to tight ends. That's a lot, I mean, for the tight end position. You know, so he it's there for him, right? I mean, they're also uh, Seattle is is allowing the second most receiving yards to tight ends, uh, sixty seven point eight per game, which I found interesting. It's a lot, so it's all set up nicely for Foster Moreau. We'll see what happens, but he's there for you. Uh, second guy on here is Juwan Johnson. Uh, he is thirty one percent rostered. Uh, he is playing at the Forty ers this week. Juwan Johnson is quietly like he's the tight end eleven right now in half PPR points a game. He gets in. He gets season, in. Right. He gets in. There's not a lot of healthy options to throw the ball to in New Orleans. Not a good matchup, though. I mean, the 49ers are fourth against tight ends this season. So not a great matchup on one hand. Other hand, like you said, he gets in. There's opportunity there. Tight end is ugly. So there he is. Uh, third guy is very gross. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Conklin playing uh, at home against Chicago. This is the deal. If the Jets make that quarterback switch, which it looks like they should, well, definitely should, looks like they are going to, we don't know, non-committal, uh, but we'll see. If they make that switch, I think he could be worth a dart throw. The Bears are the middle of the road in tight ends as far as defensively. So, you know, if you need him, Tyler Conklin is there. I know a lot of people, he's burned a lot of people uh, over the course of the season streaming. So, Hold your nose, click the button, put him in there and hope that he falls in or hope that they make that switch. And you've got either Flacco or White gets in there and, you know, jar something loose in the offense and he, you know, scores. I like that. That's a really good point with Zach. I, I want to get Chris's take real quick on uh, which Jets quarterback we would hope for if we're if we're trying to stream Tyler Conklin. Like is is Joe Flacco? 
the guy we want or do we want that little bit of that mike white magic <laughs> oh i didn't mind here. because like when mike white was starting last week there was a almost like stark contrast in the way that him and zach wilson were playing because i think mike white had almost half the average depth of target uh, to zach wilson but it was just he kept peppering like the middle of the field and they were continuing to sustain drive so that was overall a good thing for the entire squad so it's not like he was just hitting either the tight ends or the running backs or i mean it was just like it wasn't one sole position that was benefiting it was the entire offense that was capable of moving the ball down the field that's why we saw outbursts from i think it was like was it michael carter that wound up scoring. I remember it was against the Bengals. uh it was that in week nine or something like that when they wound up winning that it was like I think they had like two different players that had over 100 scrimmage yards, a couple of touchdowns across the board. So it's just like it was a like entire offense became productive. So I wouldn't mind seeing like Mike White like in the backfield because for even half PPR PPR purposes, we know that there are multiple targets or multiple catches that would typically be involved because that's just how White sees the field and how he plays the game. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. I Mike White had like he had like two great games and one terrible game, and it was a it was a roller coaster last year. I'd be curious to see what happens if they do actually make that switch. Jen, I didn't mean to derail you there. No. I just uh, was curious which quarterback we were looking for there. Tell no, me about I Trey think, McKitty. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So yeah, my fourth bonus tight end, uh, Trey McKitty. So Ger- Gerald Everett groin injury. He was kind of on track to play and then was pulled last minute. Like he didn't even have a tag for most of the week. And then all of a sudden he was questionable and didn't play. So obviously if he plays, he is the tight end uh, for the chargers. However, if Gerald Everett is out, we get Trey McKitty against Arizona, a very known, you know, sieve colander, Swiss cheese, whatever you want to say there for the tight end. Um, they're 31st against the position this year. Kittle just dropped 22.4 half PPR points on him two days ago. So Trey McKitty could be a secret guy if Gerald Everett is out. Unfortunately, we may not know, you know, until the day of, but um, he's probably on your waiver wire and will be there until Sunday morning. So if the last minute, if you see that Jared Everett uh, is not playing and you're questionable at tight end, he's just a good dart throw. Any of these guys we're throwing out there. Yeah. What's up, Chris? Why does Trey McKitty have an apostrophe in his first name? I, I don't know, but I, I I, even, I'm a fan. I didn't know he did actually until I saw it. Like I wrote him down as not that. So I don't know. That's new to me. Like, is it like, is it short for something? Probably. Probably. I would, I'm going to go down a, like a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. After this show's um, over I love, this I have out. to say McKitty's a great last name. There's That's something, awesome. Something about it. I just, uh, I, I enjoy uh, but yeah, so th- this is new to me. I did not know that was there. I almost thought it was a typo. And then I looked it up. I was like, no, it really does have the, the apostrophe. There's nothing after the apostrophe. I didn't know you could do that. It's not short for anything either. Like that's Maybe just, it's, it's like it's just, it's way- apostrophe. You yeah, know how tray. like in Spanish you have the acento? Like maybe it's, yeah. Tre- yeah. Like maybe it's a... It's an accent of of some kind that they, they put on there. I don't I'm going to start. I'm just going to add an apostrophe to the end of my name. Like it, it just is that Chris really his Apostle. middle name, Roosevelt? Is that for reals? Yeah, that's it's true. Yeah, okay. It's Trey Roosevelt McKinney is fantastic. Chris, you you can't do that because your your name ends with an S, and then everyone else just yeah. possession. That's awesome. Chris is Allen. Yeah, Chris is Allen. Yeah, Chris is Allen. Yes, that eight. Get your hands off that Allen. It belongs yeah, to Chris. Yes. That's the way Chris it goes. Chris is Allen. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now I'm just thinking about Jets. I was looking at, like, didn't Elijah Moore explode with, like, Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco and all that? Like, are we more interested in Elijah Moore if they make the quarterback switch? I put, him, 
I put him in my stash yeah. this week in there because nobody wants him. And if they make that switch, why not? And he, you know, he had four targets this week or last week. So Progress. He's, he's somewhat out of the doghouse, right? He's at least making his little footsteps out of the doghouse. He had four targets. So if they make that switch, I mean, I threw him on there. I'm like, why not? You know, we need yeah. Sal totally needs to make a gif of you just doing that little like hand oh. movement thing. Edging <laughs> out of the doghouse. That is totally going in a YouTube video. <laughs> I can call that, calling that right now. I hey. love it. I love it. Uh, uh, Michelle S. Have Juju drop Tony for a waiver. Uh, tough to drop Tony. I would say if Tony's the last player on your bench, I'd rather just hold Tony. But if you think you really need that spot for your lineup, I'd rather... I'd rather hang on to Juju. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I'd rather hang on to Juju as well. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, Tony's like gets hurt every time he moves. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, I don't know. I, Does I can't, he need I, to get traded again to get healthy? Because that's what happened last time. I'm sure yeah, Giants he was healthy fans for one week and then he got hurt again. Giants yeah. fans are probably just laughing right now. Like, with and Tony Juju being hurt. is just in concussion protocol, so I mean, he will be back out, right? Yeah. So yeah, he should be I fine. Prefer Juju, but so mm-hmm. it looked rough. But okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jermaine uh, Decoldest is a phenomenal name. I'm a huge huge fan of the name Decoldis. Thank you for bringing that to me. Uh, and I like Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave is going to be just fine. What do you think, Jen? Are you a Chris Olave fan? Yes, I am. I have him on several teams and uh, he, you know, he was great last week. I think he's, uh, yeah. I mean, he had one bad week a couple weeks ago, but I think he's been pretty solid. I like so they got San Francisco this week. Yeah, yeah. which isn't great, but. He's, you know, like volume I said should earlier, still be there for him. Mm-hmm. Kind and of all they have. So. And secondary, like corner, isn't exactly the um the best part of the 49ers defense. So. That's right, because we saw DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yep. they were just they were using him in the ways that you would want to game plan against the 49ers. So, and I think Alave can run a lot of the same routes that Hopkins can at this point. So it's just I can see. And oh, Dorch, Dorch was successful when he filled in for Rondale Moore playing in the slot, playing outside. He he was getting open against. I had Dorch yeah. in like every league and dropped him, and now. Now he's all of a sudden, you know, back. After. He'll be yeah. disappointing again next. I mean, because well, he has a thumb injury anyway. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I could um, see, I could see Olave with like a ten target, eight catch for like eighty to ninety yards, like type of game, something along it. those lines. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. All right, Jen, tell me about uh, kickers. Is it a good week to stream kicker? I would love to talk to you about kickers. Yes, it's a wonderful week to stream kickers. Um, it's pretty rare that I say it's not. I mean, I, I think kickers. Are, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of those first two names on your list. Just so you know, big. Fan. I know. I figured you would be. Oh, why? Um, okay, so let's start with Jason Sanders, of course. Um, Dolphins coming off a bye, so he's only eight percent rostered, which is a crime. Uh, and as Brandon adjusts his Dolphin to a jersey, uh, but yes, so Sanders. Uh, this is, I mean, this game is ridiculous as far as what you know the predictions right now. They Miami's a twelve and a half point favorite uh, over the Texans at home. They have the second highest. Uh, implied team total of the week at 29.75 points. Uh, they're coming off a bye, so his roster ship will never be this low. Pound Sanders, if you can get him, I think he's going to have a great week. Uh, the second guy in my list here is Cameron Dicker, the kicker, who officially is the kicker for the LA Chargers because Dustin Hopkins was placed on IR. Cameron Dicker, he's been there for three weeks and he's put up 27 total fantasy points in the three weeks he's been with the Chargers. Like he's quietly having a fantastic season. I mean, aside from the puns with his name, that's great and all, but he's actually putting up points. Uh, the, the Chargers are four and a half point favorites at Arizona and they have a 26 point implied team total. So um, I think he will, you know, have plenty of opportunity to add to your roster this week if you can get him and he is 12% rostered. So 
I'm a huge fan of Dicker the Kicker. Like, yeah, it, like, yeah the bring best. this on for the rest for the yeah. rest of my life. <laughs> you know, and I, and, I, there, and nothing against Dustin Hopkins. Like Dustin Hopkins oh, sure. is, is fine. He's been around the league, but I mean, when you got Dicker the Kicker, like you got to root for the guy, right? Right. I mean, you have to. And Hopkins, yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays Pinochle with me and Foster Moreau. So yeah, we're we're good friends, me and Hopkins. So gotcha. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him. You know, he toughed out that that you know hamstring situation that night. Remember, he made like three kicks after already being injured. Yeah, and unfortunately, he is now relegated to the IR. I hope he feels better, and D- I Dicker hope he gets does. a big paycheck hope, elsewhere. And I, yeah, I hope he gets another job next season. But uh, Dicker, the kicker, I think he's going to stay throughout. I hope so. Uh, third guy in the mix here is Jason Myers, another guy that is coming off a buy, so he is at twenty nine percent roster ship. Jason Myers is kicker five on the season, guys. I mean, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's kicker five. They're three and a half point favorites uh, against Vegas. This game could be a shootout, right? Both defenses suck. So I think it should be a fun a fun game. Lots of points scored. Uh, and they've got uh, the, the Seahawks are 25.50 is their implied team total. So I think he's in a good spot, too. He's 29% rostered. They're all three of those guys are pretty interchangeable as far as, you know, 1A, 1B, 1C, um, as far as streamers. I think they're great. I added a, a bonus. Uh, once again, if there's a QB change for the Jets, uh, Greg Zerline, he's Greg the leg, right? He's he's solid. But I like it. Yeah. I mean, he's on a shitty offense, right? Well, sorry. He's on a very bad offense at the moment. Um so if they make the kicker change, I think that uh Greg Zerline is in play. They're actually favored uh, over Chicago, which I found hard to believe, to be honest. But uh, they're four and a half point favorites over the Bears. Twenty three implied team total. So if you're desperate there, Greg Zerline option. If they make that change, if they stay with Zach Wilson, I would stay away. I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, excited about the kicker options. Had no idea Jason Myers was ranked that high on the season. Yeah. That's awesome. How is he still at 29%? Uh, I it's love it. He had a buy, so people dropped him. That's mm, why. Yeah. Chris has added quotation marks instead of uh, a, a, an apostrophe and a quotation mark. I like that. That's a good, clever way to go around it, Chris. I like it. Uh, so is that Chris's quote? Like, yes. do, do you, does that mean I have to go, Chris? Yes. With, with well, no, just part. just one though. Just one. Just, yeah, just, just, just the just the one quote. Yeah, <laughs> Chris's. That's yeah. that's when you don't have to claw your way out of the doghouse. You just yeah. have to kind of inch your way out. Like I'm Chris's. just a little bit inches. Just... Yeah, Chris. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm a fan. Uh, let's do defenses. It's a great week to stream defenses. Uh, the Dolphins versus Houston. We've talked about uh, how good that should be for the Dolphins and how bad Houston has been. Uh, only the Colts and the Broncos have scored less than Houston uh, this season. And the Dolphins, you know, they haven't been good defensively, but they do have Bradley Chubb now. They had three sacks last week. Bradley Chubb had half a sack. Uh, They held the Browns to 17 points last week. I'm not saying the Browns are great offensively, but uh, Jacoby Brissett quietly hasn't been bad this year. Nick Chubb is great, and they did a pretty good job holding that in check. But last week, Washington was the first-ranked defense against Houston. Uh, Previous four weeks, Giants, Philly, Tennessee, and Vegas all were seventh. So I think that you've got top 10, uh, probably a top 10 defense in the Dolphins this week. Second, I'd go to Carolina. Carolina, not a great team, but they are quietly the defense special teams 13 on the season. So uh, they have quality players on the defensive side of the ball. They have Brian Burns, who's a great pass rusher. Jeremy Chin is back, I believe. He's gonna, um, I believe he's gonna suit up. He's a game 
game-changing playmaker on the in that defensive secondary. He plays a little bit of everything for them. Uh, and they're up against Denver. I just said Houston uh, doesn't score. The Broncos score less than Houston as well. No one's scoring worse than the Broncos this year. So uh, I think that Carolina is going to be able to keep that to be a low-scoring game and make it a third straight week with allowing just teen scoring. You know, remember they, they held the Ravens to like 13 points. So they lost, but they held it to a low scoring game and they've got the the type of pass rushing ability to make things happen. Russ probably isn't going to be turnover prone, but I think the Panthers could still edge out a top 15 week for you. Uh, Vikings. Uh, I said the Carolinas quietly, the defense special teams, 13 uh, Vikings 14th on the season. So even though they haven't had a great year in general, uh, 14th on the season. They're coming off a really bad week. I think they're going to be hungry. I don't think that that, I, I don't think last week is indicative of who they are as a team. I think that they're going to come out and they're going to play very differently against this New England Patriots offense. Uh, New England tied for third in interceptions, fourth in turnovers. Vikings tied for third in takeaways this season. So I think you're going to see turnovers. Uh, you're going to see big defensive points. And I again, I think they're going to be hungry. So Vikings, uh, 33% roster ship in Yahoo right now. I think that you can get them and they will be a solid uh, defense one for you. So great, great week. If none of those are available, uh, bonus the Steelers-Colts game. I kind of like both sides of that. <laughs> so uh, I kind of think that could be low scoring. Both those teams are kind of made to run and, and uh, made to turn the ball over. Um, and then Bears versus the Jets. Uh, if Zachary Zach is back, if he's uh, if he's behind center, I'm interested in that Bears defense. Uh, they're not good either, but the Jets stink. So uh, if if they start Joe Flacco or Mike White, I'm a little less excited because I do think the Jets can score against the against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chris, I want to know: Do you think the Vikings are better than what we saw last week? Like, how concerned should we be after? that performance for all of the offensive players and for all of that defense, because that was one of the most lopsided games I've seen all year. Yeah. I, I think that they're better than what they, sh what they've shown, but I think the answer to where they were at, because I don't think that they were as good as what they showed against the bills, right? Because it took what that, 30-ish yard pass to Justin Jefferson on fourth down, um, uh, the fumble in the end zone. I mean, all of that stuff needed to happen in order for them to take on what we assume to be Super Bowl contenders, right? And I don't think, and they're definitely not as bad as like only being able to put up like three points, Justin Jefferson only having 33 yards or whatever it was like last week. So I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. They're definitely more capable. I think Kirk is more capable of putting the ball in his playmaker's hands just in the sense that we know that he's been targeting Justin Jefferson more on third downs, pure passing situations. The running game outside zone has been working pretty well, like for Delvin Cook. Uh, even like TJ Hawkinson's involvement, like almost immediately after he got there, I think he walked into like a 20 plus percent target share, like in his first two games getting to Minnesota. So like they know what they're supposed to do. They know their deficiencies on offense and they think they made the proper moves in order to address them. Like, TJ Hawkinson, like moving some of their uh, their offensive line movement uh, along uh, as well. So overall, I think they should be able to get things back on track. It's just that they found a team that can exploit some of their weaknesses, which is essentially, you know, throw as much as you can at Kirk Cousins and watch his brain short circuit, which if you wind up having him pressured on 60% of his dropbacks, then that's what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, I, the, the Cowboys had the right game plan. Micah Parsons is an all pro level rush, like pass rusher. This is what's going to happen when those two things combine.
Yeah, I feel like if aliens came and challenged the Looney Tunes to a football game, Micah Parsons' house would be their very first stop. That's what I think. I think his, and then Aaron Donald's, and then Aaron Donald. Yeah, one and two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely, Uh, Jen. I I wanted to know. I'm talking bad defenses against bad offenses. Is that something you usually look at as well? Because it felt weird to pick the Dolphins, right? But you have to against the Texans, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a defensive guru by any stretch. Uh, but uh, if I didn't have other defensive people in our four for four family to read articles um, and I was just looking that, yeah, that would be the first thing I would go to look for um, as far as streaming and picking. Um, yeah, makes sense to me. I also feel like this year and really the last few years, I feel like football teams are starting to do more of the we're not trying anymore this season, mm. <laughs> uh, which is I, I feel like that didn't used to really be a football thing. I feel like it's always been a basketball thing. But is that just me or what do you think, Jen? I don't know. I, I think that uh, I mean, I think people have been tanking for quite a while. Right. I mean, is that what you mean? Just kind of people yeah. that realize that they're in a position to not, um, you know, li- listen, until they do. A lottery situation if they're going to reward teams for being at the bottom then why not tank right i mean that would make sense to me if you went to you know what the nba does and does some sort of lottery then i think teams might try a little more uh but if you know that you're going to get you know a, a better draft pick and specifically when you know and see you know you can watch film and you know who's coming out and you know who's going to be there you can already plan you know halfway through the season you can be like, all right, you know, like when the Dolphins tank for Tua, they they tanked for Tua, you know, they did. and they got caught and they got they got in trouble <laughs> okay. for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you don't get caught, then, you know, sure. I love the Dolphins got in trouble for all the wrong things. <laughs> right? Like, like, they, like they got penalized, <laughs> yeah. which was good. Uh-huh. But they uh, but they got in trouble for like talking to Tom Brady at a time that they weren't supposed to. I was like, you kind of missed the point there. Their league. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm going away from streamers now and just yammering on Can about I football. I just discuss that you changed that your name change is hilarious. I just noticed it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It. Yeah, it's fantastic. I Hold will on. say Sal did that. <laughs> I figured as much. I figured. I just noticed it as well. So kind of um, bummed I didn't get one, but you know, oh well. Yeah. Well, it, to be fair, you're the most professional of us, Jen. Oh so yeah, because I'm the one that just. What are you talking about? Like she just cussed on stream. Yeah. She's well, the least professional. Yeah, We're allowed to cuss. She did it professionally, though. It was a professional-sounding <laughs> swear. That's I appreciate what I that. Thank you. Very professional. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I will mercifully uh, end this episode before we it goes even further off the rails and before I just start talking about the Blazers, which is very possible that that could happen. Uh, thank you, Chris and Jed. Always a pleasure. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.